Greetings in the uh, name of the Lord. I've entitled the message this morning, Learning from the Beautiful Spirit of David. Now, um, David of the Old Testament um, is a long story, and uh, there's books written on the life of David, and we don't have time to look at his whole life this morning. But we want to look at uh, really just a, kind of a certain portion of his life where he exhibited such a, a wonderful spirit, a beautiful spirit, I'm calling it. You could, I realize, call it, use different um, adjectives there to, to talk about his proper spirit. Um, <clears throat> now, <clears throat> when Saul, King Saul, had made improper decisions and gone against the will of God, and then um, uh, God, through, through Samuel, was preparing, uh, and yes, even anointing David to replace Saul, uh, this is what Saul said about David. The Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart, and the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people. Wow. Would, would, would God say that about you or me? That we are men or women after the heart of God. That's what he said about David. The Lord has sought him a man after his own heart. And he was referring exactly to, the, to David who would soon be king. Now, before we turn to the Old Testament and look at a these places concerning this one particular uh, portion of his life where he had such a beautiful spirit. Um, I want to turn uh, and introduce it with, uh, with a couple of verses in the New Testament. Uh, I'll just say this. This is wh what I'm looking at this morning. We're looking at David's spirit and attitude toward King Saul when Saul was out to, to kill him. Um, and David saw, saw, even though people knew that he did wrong and made wrong choices as a person and as a king, it was known. But nevertheless, Saul was anointed to be king. Saul was anointed by the prophet of God to be king over his, his people. <coughs> and because of that, David looked at Saul very highly. And he looked at Saul as one anointed by God to be the leader of his people. And David did not take that lightly. But respected him, saw him as a servant of God, saw him as a leader ordained by God, anointed by God, and respected him very highly. So for those couple of introduction verses, I would like 
for you to turn with me to Romans chapter 13. Romans in chapter 13. I'm just suggesting to you that David, a man after God's own heart, knew these truths, knew this truth, these hundreds of years before Paul wrote this in Romans 13. Uh, Paul was writing from the same God that David knew, you see. And so this is what Paul wrote. This is what David knew hundreds of years before that and lived accordingly. It's simply the first two verses of, of, of Romans 13. The first two verses of Romans 13. This is what they say. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. And I'll stop reading there. Uh, but, you know, when you read the end of that second verse, it makes you stop and think a little bit, does it not? And I'm not going to try to take time to go into what all that may imply. But you see what it says. It uses the word damnation. I mean, that, that makes it very seriously, very serious, does it not? Our, our thinking and our spirit and our attitude toward those people that are over us in, in government. Um, the leaders of the land, and we realize in the Old Testament that... that um, uh, you know, the leaders of, of the, the people of God, the Israel of God, uh, were, the, were both the, uh, to be spiritual leaders and national leaders. Uh, and they served in that, that, in that way. But, um, you know, um, we, we read those verses in, in the beginning of Romans 13 there, and, and we... we we talk about them from time to time, and uh, uh, we know they're there. And but, um, by the way, is it anything happening <laughs> in the world today? In the in the leaders of our country over the last, you know, uh, twelve, fifteen years, including right up to today, that that uh, to read these two verses would would really give you a challenge. Uh, it's so easy for us to not have the right spirit. When God has allowed these men to be placed in, in government, not only in the United States, but other countries, yes, countries where there's persecution for those that follow Christ, and yet God has allowed those people to be there, those leaders to be there, and we have these two verses that I just read. Um, does that speak to you? Does it speak to me? It should. It should. Our attitude and our spirit. David, when Saul, the king, the leader, when Saul tried to actually kill him numbers of times, 
David had a proper attitude and a spirit. And so that's how we're going to begin. I invite you then to turn back to um, 1 Samuel chapter 18. 1 Samuel in chapter 18. I trust we can learn this morning from the beautiful spirit of David as he had to somehow uh, relate uh, or uh, live um, in light of, of, of um, the evil that was in King Saul to try to take his life. <clears throat> so I would just like to point out, uh, first of all, in uh, chapter, uh, 1 Samuel here, chapter 18, 19, and 20, just a few places where where the Saul in various methods and means was trying to, to, to kill David, to put an end to David's life. And then, of course, we were looking then at, at, uh, as, at David's response and attitude and spirit toward that. It's important to look at this first so that, so that we can then see how, how strong and how, how great that was. And then, then we can understand what a wonderful and beautiful spirit David did have in light of living under that kind of pressure and that kind of threat. First uh, Samuel chapter 18, first of all, verse 11. And, and by the way, you might have the various, like many Bibles do, have various headings. Uh, did, did divide the chapter up in different ways with various headings so you can see what's going on. And uh, <clears throat> so you can see uh, the various ways maybe that Saul tried to put an end to, to uh, David's life. But in verse 11, And Saul cast the javelin, for he said, I will smite David even to the wall with it. And David avoided out of his presence twice. Verse 17, verse 17. In this case now, um, Saul is trying to uh, uh, take the life of, of David uh, by trickery to have him fight the Philistines, and die that way. Verse 17. And Saul said to David, Behold my elder daughter Merab, her will I give thee to wife. Only be thou valiant for me, and fight the Lord's battles. For Saul said, Let not mine hand be upon him, but let the hand of the Philistines be upon him. So you see what Saul is trying to do there. Verse 21 and 22. Verse 21. And Saul said, I will give him her that she may be a snare to him and that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. Wherefore Saul said to David, Thou shalt this day be my son-in-law in the one of the twain. And Saul commanded his servants, saying, Commune with David secretly and say, Behold, the king hath delight in thee, and all his servants love thee. Now therefore be the king's son-in-law. Now verse 25, verse 25. And Saul said, Thus shall ye say to David, The king desireth not any dowry, but an hundred foreskins of the Philistines to be avenged of the king's enemies. 
But Saul thought to make David fall by the hand of the Philistines. In other words, Saul wanted him to be killed at the hands of the Philistines. So now Saul has thrown a, a, a javelin at him two times. He's tried to kill him by having the Philistines to kill him. Now chapter 19, chapter 19 and verse 1, verse 1, And Saul spake to Jonathan his son and to all his servants that they should kill David. Verses 10 and 11, this is chapter 19, verse 10 now. And Saul sought to smite David even to the wall with the javelin, but he slipped away out of Saul's presence, and he smote the javelin into the wall. And David fled and escaped that night. Now, I would just stop and say here, can you imagine the, the life that David was, was having to live? Uh, we, know, we, we really can't imagine. Uh, we can try to, I guess. Verse 11 Saul also sent messengers unto David's house to watch him and to slay him in the morning. And Michael, David's wife, told him, saying, If thou save not thy life tonight, tomorrow thou shalt be slain. In other words, his wife said, David, you've got to get out of here. You've got to either save your life tonight or there won't be any hope for you. You'll die. <clears throat> Verse 15, verse 15, and Saul sent messengers again to see David, saying, bring him up to me in the bed that I might slay him. Verse 20, verse 20, and Saul sent messengers to take David. And when they saw the company of the prophets prophesying and Samuel standing as appointed over them, the spirit of God was upon the messengers of Saul and they also prophesied. <coughs> Chapter 20. Um, we could read the first three verses as introduction, but I think for lack of time, we'll just go to the uh, verse 31. Chapter 20 and verse 31. For as long as the son of Jesse liveth upon the ground. By the way, I believe this is um, Saul here speaking to Jonathan, his son. So Saul, Saul is speaking to Jonathan, his son. He's talking about David. So verse 31 again says this. For as long as the son of Jesse liveth upon the ground, thou shalt not be established, nor thy kingdom. Wherefore now, send and fetch him unto me, for he shall surely die. Wow. You know, if you hadn't read all those verses recently, maybe you forgot about how, how much and how hard Saul was against David. Not just hating him, but, but, but going at it as best he could to actually kill him, to take his life. Um, chapter 18 um, Back to chapter 18 and verse 29, just to get a, a little sense there. Chapter 18 and verse 29. And Saul was yet the more afraid of David 
And Saul became David's enemy continually. So there was an ongoing, this was not just something that happened over a few days. This was a long, a long time deal going on. And David had to live with that. What would your attitude and spirit have been toward Saul, the Lord's anointed, in a situation like that? If you lived in North Korea and had to put up with the leaders there, what would your attitude and spirit be? Would it be like David, a man after God's own heart? Let's see then um, how the, the spirit of David comes out. We're in chapter 18. Look at verse 14 and 15. Chapter 18, verses 14 and 15. Verse 14, and David behaved himself wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. Wherefore, when Saul saw that he behaved himself very wisely, he was afraid of him. You know, when you do what's right, when you do it God's way, It, it makes the evil people and the wicked people stand up and take notice. And Saul, the king that he was and with the authority he had, it says here in the end of verse 15 that it made him afraid of David because David was so righteous. David was so godly. David was so much after God's own heart. It says in verse 14 that he behaved himself wisely. It says in verse 15 that he behaved himself very wisely. It made evil King Saul afraid of him. Because I believe Saul knew that he was looking at God as it were. He was looking at the character of God. When he was going against David. Same chapter, chapter um, 18 and verse 30. Last verse of the chapter, chapter 18, verse 30. Then the princes of the Philistines went forth, and it came to pass after they went forth that David behaved himself more wisely than all the servants of Saul, so that his name was much set by. He made a name for himself. I think it's fair to ask all of us this question. Have you made a name for yourself because of how wisely you relate to people? Because of how of your attitude uh, towards others? Uh, because of how you talk about your government leaders? Because of how you think about and relate to and talk about those in authority? Have you made a name for yourself? Um, well, I guess you could say it a couple, you know, this way. Have you made a name for yourself one way or the other? That you're always critical? That you always, it's so easy for you to speak harshly or wrong or in a critical way toward things or people or leaders or so forth? Or have you made a name for yourself because of the other side of the coin? 
Because even though, you know, it's easy to speak harshly and critically, you don't do that. But you hold in respect those that are over you in various areas. Uh, we're talking specifically about the government leaders at, at this point, but it could go to other authorities in your life also. Um, David behaved himself more wisely than all the servants of Saul so that his name was much set by. Wow, pe people looked at David. People knew. People knew. Of course, the, the servants of Saul <clears throat> knew what David, the pressure David was under. I mean, the, the servants of Saul were supposed to help kill him. And, and, and Saul set them up to it at various times. And so they knew well the situation that David was in. And they knew how David operated and how wisely he acted and how wisely he, 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 his, his spirit came through. So much that, that he made a name for himself as such a godly man. So, now David has opportunity at various times. David has opportunity to get back at Saul. To actually kill Saul. Now we need to look at how David operated there. So chapter 24. 1 Samuel chapter 24. Beginning at verse 4. 1 Samuel chapter 24. And beginning at verse 4. I will read through verse 11. Verse 4. And the men of David said unto him, Behold, the day of which the Lord said unto thee, Behold, I will deliver thine enemy into thine hand, that thou mayest do to him as it shall seem good unto thee. Now, you know, you might wonder, what's it saying there? The, the Lord has said, the, the day I will deliver thine enemy into thy hand. Yes, uh, there was various times in the Old Testament where, where uh, uh, God used a phrase like that, where he would deliver the, the Philistines. Or, or the other evil nations or something into the hand of God's people. Uh, uh, and so maybe that's the phrase that, <laughs> that these evil men pulled out. But, but um, uh, David knew that this was not talking about giving him privilege to kill King Saul, the Lord's anointed. David was wiser than that. We've already read that David was so wise at various times. So anyway, but the men are putting him up to it. David, now here's your opportunity. Then the end of verse 4. Then David arose and cut off the skirt of Saul's robe privately. In other words, I didn't read the verses before this, but you know what happened. They came upon Saul and some of his men as they were sleeping. And it says somewhere, I'm not sure if you will read it here, but uh, that uh, at least in one, one occasion, maybe not this occasion, maybe another one, that, that uh, God calls them to be in a, in a deep sleep. <laughs> And so uh, maybe that was the case here. But um, they came upon Saul and some of his men, and here was David's opportunity to kill Saul for what he had been trying to kill, for him trying to kill him, of course. Um, David said, no, you know, I won't do this, of course. But David said, you know, just so Saul that can know sometimes that I was this close to him, I'll just cut off a little bit of his robe 
and show it to him sometimes. So we see he did that in the end of verse 4. I just read it. Now, verse 5. And it came to pass afterward that David's heart smote him because he had cut off Saul's skirt. Wow. I mean, the beautiful spirit of David. What, what, how would your spirit have been in a time like that? I mean, would you have been so sensitive and so pure and true to God that even just cutting off a little bit of his skirt would have smote your conscience? Your conscience? Or would you have laughed about it and made a joke about it and, uh, you know, played it the other way? But we see David did that at the end of verse 4, and then it smote his heart, it smote his conscience so bad of what he did that uh, just from cutting off a little bit of his skirt. Verse 6. And he said unto his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing unto my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch forth mine hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. So David stayed his servants with these words and suffered them not to rise against Saul. But Saul rose up out of the cave and went on his way. David also arose afterward and went out of the cave and cried after Saul, saying, My Lord, the king. And when Saul looked behind him, David stooped with his face to the earth and bowed himself. And David said to Saul, Wherefore hearest thou men's words, saying, Behold, David seeketh thy hurt? Behold, this day thine eyes have seen how that the Lord had delivered thee today into mine hand in the cave, and some bade me kill thee. But mine eye spared thee, and I said, I will not put forth mine hand against my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. Moreover, my father... See, yea, see the skirt of thy robe in my hand. For in that I cut off the skirt of thy robe and killed thee not. Know thou and see that there is neither evil nor transgression in mine hand. And I have not sinned against thee, yet thou huntest my soul to take it. Wow, such an interesting account, such a beautiful account, such a, a challenging account to have that beautiful spirit of David. Um, I just, I mentioned this already, but I just repeat, just in that passage right there that I just read, these, those few verses, David mentioned with his mouth several times the Lord's <coughs> anointed the Lord's anointed, the Lord's anointed. If we can think of, of our leaders and those in authority in, in that way, uh, from our hearts, it would help us with our attitudes so often. <clears throat> Verse 16, reading now the same chapter, this is chapter 24 of 1 Samuel. Uh, I'll read verses 16 to 20. Verses 16 to 20. And it came to pass when David had made an end of speaking these words unto Saul, 
that Saul said, Is this thy voice, my son David? And Saul lifted up his voice and wept. And he said to David, Thou art more righteous than I, for thou hast rewarded me good, whereas I have rewarded thee evil. And thou hast showed this day how that thou hast dealt well with me, for as much as when the Lord had delivered me into thine hand, thou killest me not. For if a man find his enemy, will he let him go well away? Wherefore the Lord reward thee good for that that thou hast done unto me this day. And, be, and now behold, I know well that thou shalt surely be king, and that the kingdom of Israel shall be established in thine hand. But I just read that to help us see, to understand that Saul understood. Yes, Saul understood the beautiful spirit of David. Chapter 26. Chapter 26, and beginning to read at verse 7. Chapter 26, I read verses uh, 7 to 12. Verse 7. By the way, there's a word here, uh, one's name here. Um, Abishai, Ai. And I'm just telling you that because... Um, uh, you know, there are a few words in the Old Testament that as you read different Bibles or different commentaries, they're not all, they don't use, all use the same pronunciation. And this is one of them. Um, some call it Abishai. Some have uh, three syllables and the, the B-I by themselves. Abishai. And some have the uh, B-I-S-H together. Bish, Abishai. And so, uh, you know, you run across that sometimes with certain words. So uh, for this morning, I'll say Abishai. Verse 7. So David and Abishai came to the people by night. And behold, Saul lay sleeping within the trench, and his spear stuck in the ground at his bolster. But Abner and the people lay round about him. Then said Abishai to David, God hath delivered thine enemy into thine hand this day. Now therefore let me smite him, I pray thee, with the spear even to the earth at once, and I will not smite him the second time. <laughs> it makes you smile when you read that, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> He said, look, David, if you just let me kill him, I won't have to swing this thing but one time and he'll be dead. It'll be over with. I won't have to do it twice. Uh, okay? That's what it means, Verse the end of verse 8. Verse 9. And David said to Abishai, destroy him not. For who can stretch forth his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? David said, furthermore, as the Lord liveth, the Lord shall smite him, or his day shall come to die, or he shall descend into battle and perish. 
Verse 11, the Lord forbid that I should stretch forth mine hand against the Lord's anointed. But I pray thee, take thou now the spear that is at his bolster and the cruise of water and let us go. So David took the spear and the cruise of water from Saul's bolster and they gat them away and no man saw it nor knew it. Neither awaked for they were all asleep because a deep sleep from the Lord was fallen upon them. Uh, there it is, as I was referring to earlier. Wow. Can I repeat the beautiful spirit of David? It's so amazing. It's so challenging. Yes, it is. <clears throat> Let's uh, turn now to Second Samuel. Second Samuel chapter 16. Second Samuel and chapter 16. Now, I think for lack of time, I won't read this passage, but maybe uh, this afternoon or tomorrow or something, uh, if you're looking for something to read, uh, you could read. Uh, now, I said chapter 16. What I meant is chapter 1. Yeah, I'm sorry. This is 2 Samuel and chapter 1. Yes. Verses 1 to 16. That's where I got the 16 from. 2 Samuel chapter 1. And the verses are verses 1 to 16. And so I'll just quickly tell you the story. So, um, so Saul and uh, his three sons, uh, they died in battle. Yes, they did. Uh, now, Saul was, uh, was wounded, um, was wounded in such a bad way that he knew uh, he would probably die or either the enemy would catch him because he was wounded by, by an arrow. So he was shot from some distance. Um, he, he knew that uh, probably there was no, no hope for him. And so um, he asked um, one of his attendants to, to put, go ahead and, and finish him off and put him to death, but, but the attendant would not. And so Saul took his own life. And we have that here, in, uh, as you might have a heading in your Bible, King Saul dies. And that's what I said was the short version of it. But you can read that sometime here in Second Samuel chapter 1. Now, the fact is then, um, now, now um, I, I didn't say that quite right. Okay, um, that happened in the, in the last chapter of, of, of 1 Kings. Okay, that happened in the last chapter of, of 1 Kings, chapter 31 uh, of 1 Samuel, I'm sorry. Uh, in, the, in the chapter just before that, the last chapter of 1 Samuel, chapter 31, is the story that I just, where, where Saul uh, uh, took his, his own life. But um, in the first chapter of 2 Samuel, then we have this story uh, made up by one uh, who was trying to apparently uh, get uh, 
some recompense or uh, obtain some favor from, from, from David. And so uh, this person came to David and said, David, this is what happened. Uh, Saul was, was, was dying, and, and he saw me running by, and, and, and I happened upon the scene, and uh, Saul asked me to take his life, and so I did. And so I killed King Saul, your enemy. That's the story we have in Second um, Samuel and, and chapter 1, the first 16 verses. Now, so this, this young man that claims he, he, he killed Saul came and told this to David. Now, we knowing David's beautiful spirit, do we think he would have taken that kindly and appreciated that story? Um, he's, he said over and over, we cannot take the life of the Lord's anointed. And so now this fellow comes up and said, I killed Saul. Let's look at a couple of verses here. Verse 14, we're in 2 Samuel now, chapter 1. 2 Samuel, chapter 1, verse 14. And David said unto him, How wast thou not afraid to stretch forth thine hand to destroy the Lord's anointed? And David called one of the young men and said, Go near and fall upon him. And he smote him that he died. And David said unto him, this is verse 16 now, and David said unto him, Thy blood be upon thy head, for thy mouth has testified against thee, saying, I have slain the Lord's anointed. The same beautiful spirit is still in David. Um. You know, when some leader dies, when some accident happens, when some calamity takes place of, of a sinner, of a leader, do you smile and say, well, that was, he had that coming to him, you know. <laughs> well, good, you know. Finally, he, this is what happens, you know. David certainly could have acted that way and had that attitude and had that spirit and said those words. But he did not. He still saw Saul as the Lord's anointed, and he put this man to death for killing the Lord's anointed. I want us to look at just two verses, a verse and a half actually, in Proverbs. If you'll turn with me to Proverbs chapter um, 24, first of all. Proverbs 24 to begin with. <clears throat> Proverbs 24 and verse 17. 24, 17 says this. Rejoice not when thine enemy falleth, and let not thine heart be glad when he stumbleth. That's Proverbs 24, verse 17. Uh, is that one that... I need or you need to put on your refrigerator for a, a while. Again, let me read it. 2417. Rejoice not when thine enemy falleth, and let not thine heart be glad when he stumbleth. 
The Bible says David was a man after God's own heart, and that was David right there. If you back up to chapter 17, chapter 17. I'll read the whole verse, but the last half of the verse is for us today in, in this story. But chapter 17, verse 5 it is. Chapter 17, verse 5. Whoso mocketh the poor reproacheth his maker. That's for a different day. That's for another sermon, I guess, huh? But look at the next part of the verse. And he that is glad at calamities shall not be unpunished. Wow. I, I mean, that, that pretty much parallels that, that Romans 13, verse 2, does it not? You remember how Romans 13, 13 2 ended? It said, he, he, he shall receive damnation. One that goes against or doesn't respect those in authority. He shall receive damnation. And here this verse says, And he that is glad at calamities shall not be unpunished. That's the word of the God, word of the Lord. It's God's word to us. And yet it's so easy for us to, to, to smirk and to smile inside and to make comments uh, that would be against those attitudes and against those thoughts and against those verses. You know, it is. It's so easy. <laughs> the beautiful spirit of David. Can we learn from that this morning? I trust we can. I hope we can. I would like to um, read a psalm of David. A psalm that it is believed was written during this time in David's life when he was running from Saul. When his life was in danger... From King Saul. It is Psalm 34. I invite you to turn with me to Psalm 34. <clears throat> Psalm 34. Now you notice the heading in some of your Bibles for Psalm 34. Use the word Abimelech there. You know, there are several Abimelechs in the Bible. And also the word Abimelech is believed to be. Uh, it was a, was a, a term uh, that was used, a name that was used in general at times for, for royalty or those in authority, for royalty, a kingly, a kings, kings and that kind of thing. So it does use the word Abimelech here. Uh, at another place, there's a, a, a different uh, word there used. But uh, anyway, um, um, you might notice First uh, Samuel 21 sometimes uh, on this. But... Uh, so David was, was running from Saul uh, during this time. He, he ran uh, to, to uh, this Abimelech or to the, the other name, whatever his name was, but, but uh, uh, he ran to actual royalty or leadership in, 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 uh, of the Philistines to try to get some cover, to try to get some protection uh, from Saul at, at one time. And so this is where it's talking about when he, when he ran to that, that uh, leader of the Philistines for safety, uh, but then uh, he was driven. He wasn't allowed to stay there. He was driven away, as it says in the heading here of, of Psalm 34. But 
let's look at a few of these verses that David wrote during such a time as that in his life. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Now you see, some of these are kind of in, in a general way and some of these verses and phrases you can say, oh yeah, that's why David said that at this time in his life. Of course that's why David said that at this time in his life, such as verse 4. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Why could David live like he did? Why did David live like he did? Because of his total trust in the Lord. He knew this looks difficult. This looks impossible. But God is allowing this for some reason. And I will trust in the Lord. Maybe you have something in your life that's I've not even thinking about or haven't alluded to or mentioned. But uh, you can learn from David and his life with Saul this morning for that difficult situation or that temptation in your life. Verse 5. They looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Yeah, that's one that he could easily say in such a time as that. Verse 7. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Another one. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. In those difficult days, David said, God, I'll trust you. I'll do what I know is right. I'll respect the Lord's anointed. It's hard to do, but I'll do it. I'll do it from my heart because, God, I trust you, and I know that your blessing will be upon me when I do things your way. Verse 9, O fear the Lord, all ye saints, for there is no want to them that, that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come, ye children, hearken unto me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days, that he may, may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Wow. You think he was ever tempted to... Uh, Say something wrong? To say a, make a bad comment about Saul? Well, of course he was. And uh, that's probably why he, he said that sentence right there. Verse 14, depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. You're talking about somebody pursuing peace. Pursuing peace. It's like I'm sure his heart was crying out day and night for months on end. King Saul, can't we have peace? Why must this be? Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. That was David. Verse 15, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. Wow, that's so beautiful. He was saying that in this time of trouble. The Lord is nigh to them that are of a broken heart and save as such as be of a contrite spirit. Is that you? Is that me? That was David. Yes, it was. Verse 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Wow. 
You have that much trust in the Lord? Do you? Do I? David did. Verse 20, he keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. For further studying, just think about the two words desolate in this verse and in the last verse. As you see, the last word of both 21 and 22 are the word desolate. One shall be desolate, and the other one shall not be desolate. Okay, verse 21 again. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. Beautiful. Wow. That is so amazing. Now we have to end by just looking at a, um, a, couple, a few verses. Back to 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel, and yes, chapter 1. 2 Samuel and chapter 1. So, I told you about the first 16 verses of 2 Samuel, where this fella um, tried to act like that uh, this was a good thing he did to kill, to kill King Saul, and David let him know that, no, 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 it's never good to kill the Lord's anointed. And David put him to death because he killed the Lord's anointed. That's the first 16 verses of 2 Samuel chapter, chapter 1. Let me begin reading now at verse 17. 2 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 17. <clears throat> so right after 16 when he says, Young fellow, your mouth caused your death. You said you killed the Lord's anointed and... At your word, at your testimony, you have to die. Now, verse 17, beginning. <clears throat> and David lamented with this lamentation over Saul and over Jonathan, his son. And he bade them teach the children of Judah the use of the bow. Behold, it is written in the book of Jasher. The beauty of Israel is slain upon thy high places. How are the mighty fallen? Tell it not in Gath, publish it not in the streets of Ashkelon, lest the daughters of the Philistines rejoice, lest the daughters of the uncircumcised triumph. Ye mountains of Gilboa, let there be no dew, neither let there be rain upon you, nor fields of offerings, for there the shield of the mighty is vilely cast away. The shield of Saul, as though he had not been anointed with oil. From the blood of the slain, from the fat of the mighty, the bow of Jonathan turned not back, and the sword of Saul returned not empty. Saul and Jonathan were lovely and pleasant in their lives, and in their death they were not divided. They were swifter than eagles. They were stronger than lions. Ye daughters of Israel, weep over Saul, who clothed you in scarlet with other delights, who put on ornaments of gold upon your apparel. I'll stop reading there. What did David do at Saul's death? Well, of course, he, he mourned. He lamented. Just to point out a couple of a few things that he said uh, in, in categories here. Uh, 
David never said anything about Saul's faults. He never criticized him. David celebrated in this lament uh, those things that were praiseworthy in Saul. Well, you know, that, that, that's such a, such, a, such a challenge, you know. Again, I, I alluded to this already. When, when, when someone dies, when some evil person dies, then we laugh and, and we smile and we talk about all the wicked they've done and this, they had this coming to them and that kind of thing. No, this is not how David re- related to Saul or spoke about Saul. He, there, was, there was at least four things that he noted here in these verses I read, and I, just, I won't repeat them. Again, if you want to read these, sometimes you can. But at least four things he mentioned here that were praiseworthy in Saul. He was anointed with oil. He was a mighty man. He called him a mighty man three different times in those verses. He with Jonathan were, were lovely and pleasant. And he had enriched the country. He said, don't go spreading this around. This is such a sad story. The Lord's anointed has died. Don't go spreading this around. Don't publish it in Gath. Verse 20, he said that, you know, don't publish it in Gath in the streets of Ashkelon. I know this uh, has been helpful to me, and I trust it. It can be helpful to you. Learning from the beautiful spirit of David. This, this David that would become king. He was a man after God's own heart. He had such a perfect attitude. Such a beautiful attitude. Toward the Lord's anointed. And he displayed it in such wonderful ways. Both by his thoughts. By his words. And by his actions. Would that be said of, of you and I? Let's have a closing song. <clears throat>